0: Hello and welcome back to the Relationship Matters podcast, World Work Special. In this collection of bonus episodes, we're looking at the concept of World Work, which embraces the idea that we're continuously impacting the world, whether we're conscious of it or not. Whilst World Work can involve big acts of altruism and community spirit, it always starts with the self. Across the course of these four bonus episodes, you'll be hearing from four world workers from across the globe who have all used ORS tools in very different ways to serve their wider communities. In this episode, I'm talking with Keiko Muramutsu about how she uses ORS tools to coach in sports. Keiko is co-representative and faculty member of CRR Global Japan and the founder of Thrive. Thrive sees supporting people and teams as just the starting point and believes that their transformation impacts the world beyond themselves. Prior to her coaching career, Keiko played lacrosse for Japan in the World Cup and went on to be general manager of Japan's women's under-19 team. As part of our all certification journey, Keiko began using AUS tools to coach the young lacrosse players and also the wider systems that they were involved with. So without further ado, I give you Keiko Muramutsu, talking about her World Work Project and the power of ORSK in sports. Keiko, it's an absolute delight to have you on the Relationship Matters podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to hear about your World Work Project, which used ORSK and sports. I, Before we dive into that, I'd love to start with asking you what does world work mean to you? Ah, oh, that's a big question. It's like uh, if
1: you're living with purpose, you eventually do what you really want to do with urge. And that I name it world work. Sometimes I name it quest, but it's like something that is really coming from your inner self. Love that. that you actually make change to the world.
0: In a quest. That's wonderful. And that really leads us then to, to how you really mixed your, your coaching work with your passion and sport. Yeah, so I had a background in sports, which is lacrosse. So that was how
1: I gained my leadership, like how I learned, got curious about how to make great teams, great organization when I was in university. So that journey with sports was always in me, in my blood. Mm -hmm. But that sports and my coaching as a professional coach career was something a bit different. I know it came from that, but I separated. Mm -hmm. But when I met Orsk and started to work with relationships in organization and teams, I felt like, hey, I really want to help support with orsk to the sports where it is in my kind of homeland <laughs> so yeah felt i want to contribute back to sports field as well because i learned a lot from there and there's so many things that people can learn through sports experience so bringing orsk to that is also was something that
0: i felt you know naturally Attracted So it sounds like you also brought together different parts of yourself, different parts of your life in this project. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had an experience in playing in national team in Japan, but also Hong Kong, which is unique. <laughs> so bringing those experiences as a player, yes, but as more like as a coach. Like my image in sports coaching, my background is they tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not in that way. So so that the players can really have this experience and learn their leadership. They might be not a player uh, later on, but that's totally fine. It's something that you commit. And through this commitment, I thought it would be great if I can maximize their learning as a leader.
0: So interesting. So they're individual leaders within the team. Mm-hmm. And that's something they use on the field, then also in their lives, perhaps in the business world. Yeah,
1: that's the part I love about sports. <laughs> I mean, I mean, people give me a weird look when I always say, uh, I am actually not that attracted with lacrosse. I like the culture, but not the sports. Is technique it's itself. It's more about people who's involved, and it can be any other sports. It, for me, it was just
0: lacrosse. So, would you say you use sport as a training ground for leadership development?
1: Uh, yeah, there's more, but I think there's more other fields. But I think sports can be one of the big thing because uh, the result is clear. Hmm. and uh, it's win or lose and that which is a bit maybe difficult to see in organization because of course the sales you know okay they increase their sales can be one of the results but I think the relationship really matters even you have a good players if their teamwork is not good it it's not gonna work
0: that's <laughs> so interesting. I don't think I've ever thought of sports as an opportunity to use ORSK, but it's perhaps the most obvious opportunity to use ORSK. Yeah, it is.
1: Um, actually, now I'm in a different place. But when I first learned ORSK, I was struggling. How can I prove that ORSK is something really useful and can change the quality of thinking, quality of performance and results? The theory of success by Daniel Kim. So I thought, wow, sports is so easy to prove with result because it's so clear. Yeah, and I can prove to the world that OSC really helps the team. So that was really simple thing I thought, and I was like, let's do work with sports so I can prove to the world that this really. It works and it's a good thing.
0: <laughs> That's fascinating because I guess, yeah, with teams, it can take years to sometimes just mm. subtly move them into a different state. Whereas with sports, you win or you lose, or mm. you maybe draw, but it, it's obvious outcome yeah. and much more measurable, as you say. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a bit more about the specifics of your world work project. So this is how you took Orsk into the world, and it's one of the most unique ways I've heard <laughs> someone be a world worker. So I'd, I'd love to hear more.
1: So. I've been working with sports teams and doing helping sometimes Olympic teams or sometimes college sports teams but then the one of the big thing in my uh, sports field career was 2019 I was general manager for under 19 Japan women's lacrosse team Mm -hmm. so as a general manager you have to do everything you have to do the admin stuff as well and not as Big as US sports business, but it's more like um, holding this uh, relationship with stakeholders, Mm -hmm. but also how to create the organization, the team, like starting from who to be the coach, like head coach, choosing the coaches and also selecting players. So that was my role. But what I added was I told their lacrosse association, if you're hiring me, I have to, I, I want to do what I want to do, mm-hmm. which is coach in not on the field, but coach their players uh, outside the field uh, train their leadership and also coach coaches relationship between the assistant coach and trainers and head coach. But also I, the head coach wanted me to coach him right the one-on-one so I did a lots of small uh, coaching and system coaching both ways
0: wow your role really was a zooming out and seeing the bigger picture yeah so I imagine that systems lens was so helpful in terms of that organization of of people and and roles I guess plays a, a major part in that
1: Yeah. And with the under 19 girls, the parents is one of the stakeholders as well. So I was thinking, how can we create a good, right relationship with parents? It was also another thing, different from like the national team because they're more mature.
0: That's so interesting because I guess, yeah, you could have an incredible player, but if we take them out of the context and the culture of their lives, that being maybe the other players or their family. Yeah they might not succeed in the, the way that they can, the best way that they can.
1: Yeah, and I felt the difference of recent, recently there. I'm, I'm a mother of two kids, but when I was a kid, my parents never came to the field to try out and they they were, but they're so enthusiastic these days. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to support so much, but we need to keep the distance in a way as well to have yeah. a respectful to each other. But I want them to include them as great
0: fans. So that was
1: it was new for me yeah, yeah.
0: that's so fascinating because I probably would have just dismissed <laughs> them as sort of outside the system but you know they're gonna be yeah. there whether you like it or not so you might as well involve them and use their enthusiasm for for good
1: <laughs> yeah and I think that's a big difference between the just the team coach and the system coach it's uh, the the lens you have is more broad it can be focused but it can be more broad as the bigger picture like you said
0: yeah. And I guess then when you're zooming out, you're starting to see all the other pieces like the physio and yeah. the, the nutritionist yeah. and all those parts that don't necessarily show up on the field. But all the effort behind what happens on the field is it's very important. Yeah, it is.
1: So one thing I discovered was in one of the training camps, we did a deep democracy process. Which is zooming out and see what's, you know, who are the people who who we like involve and stakeholders. And one thing, there was a small voice coming out, like their teammate, because they are selected players from each school's high school, universities. So they leave their school team practice and join and come to the tryout or our national training, which is great thing yeah and it's their opportunity but they do feel kind of reluctant or some kind of guilty mind for leaving the team practice because they're they're key players in their team to schools Mm. and they have to leave because they're committing which is totally fine in a consensus reality (laughs) but dreaming level they feel kind of guilty that they feel sorry that they have to leave or they feel isolated that their teammate might not be feeling great about their teammates leaving their practice so when that voice came out we noticed that it's it's not just you and the national team or our parents or the team we're playing against in the world cup it's it's about the team they have in the background in their home team and how can we create a great relationship with them was one of the discussion point and made them kind of relief and it's okay that it's not just you holding that you
0: know, responsibility. Yeah. So interesting, because that's talking about sort of people from past teams, but still impacting their performance in the current team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And what was the impact of working with those those voices? The, one of the biggest impact was they noticed it
1: wasn't just themselves that's feeling that way, yeah. because they never talk about it with the other national players. So they noticed that, oh, it's not just me. And another thing was, it's a yes and yes. They might, you might have that assumption, and that might be partially true. And what can we do with it? And what we want is their team to be great fan of us as well. So it's cheering that you know Japan will do great in the World Cup. So how can we kind of bring them and make them involved in the right way, so that they can be fan for us, and that each player in the national team will feel more confident that they've been tiered by their team.
0: Wow. So
1: that was a great turning point, I think.
0: That's such a a wide lens on that. Yeah. I wouldn't have even thought to think about bringing them on as fans and not leaving them behind in the past team, but actually utilising their enthusiasm for the sport, say. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So you really were zooming out, seeing big, big picture for these women. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I Especially in their age, I don't think they have much
1: lens, like bigger lens at that time. And I think it helps them in future as well. I think it's, I felt like it's kind of investment, (laughs) Uh, you know for their learning so that they can be a great player or great adult when they grow up
0: something you said about deep democracy as well about knowing that they're not alone in that worry Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the the simplest but most powerful parts of deep democracy is that you start to hear voices that are similar from your own internal worries or fears yeah you're right and that we're all more similar than we realize, actually. Yeah. And we all have the same pains, passions, worries, loves, desires, and I think that in itself can be just eye-opening. Yeah. You also mentioned offline about land's work, which I am fascinated to deep dive into.
1: So I did a few types of land's work, but the one of the big thing was because they are under nineteen, and in, from the Japanese culture, one year older is a big. There's a big wall. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, the, you have to respect. In the terms of Japanese language, you have to use polite way. Oh, okay. There's a gram- polite grammar. So you have to convert your language to polite way. No.
0: If someone's like 19 and you're 18, you're pretty much calling them the sir, like you would a grandparent say? or um, A bit official, but not official is sir. Okay, that's
1: interesting to know. And it's, it depends on the relationship, of course. Some relationships, they don't use it. But generally, if you meet people from other teams and you know that they're older, you, of course, the first time they will use that respectful way. Yeah. That's kind of a wall that's from coming from culture. But also there was a wall, um, because they're under 19, most of the players start playing in high school or maybe earlier than that. But some players just started in university, and they're still chosen as a national player. But they do have a difference with experience. Yeah. So I made a lens work with um, experienced players and non-experienced players, but they are in the one team, right? Same team. Experienced player in high school is experienced player in university, and non-experienced player in university. And made a lands work and we put the the Japan national team in the center as a theme topic. And what they realized is they all have pressure, Mm -hmm. like each land had pressure. And, you know, of course, the non-experienced players feel pressure because they have to work so hard to get to the same level. They have this challenger mind. But the experienced players, especially in college students, felt they have to lead the team and they can't do any easy mistakes. And they have to always have to be better than the others, uh, which we never said <laughs> as a coach, but you know, that's what automatically they had. And when they when the other lands people experienced that position, it was eye-opening, mm. but also empathy and and also a kind of healing moment for the team and for those the owner of that land yeah
0: how interesting another sort of moment of realizing that you're not alone in your pressure yeah i'm sure they probably thought the other side has it easy in a way and actually they don't they just have a different kind of pressure yeah
1: And a great thing about Landsworth is that the other people experience that and then the owner of the land will watch them experiencing, right? So that was the moment when they felt, oh, they really understood us or they did feel part of us and the healing moment. The team got more close. I'm sure.
0: So what was the impact of that healing for the team on the field playing lacrosse? Huh. I think
1: it was they allowed mistakes, good mistakes, which is challenging mistakes. Yeah. And I think it got more like an equal mindset that whether you're experienced or non-experienced, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens on the field, we say what we need. Mm. Okay, you shouldn't do that. Or, oh, good job. Or, you know, it's not about the background. Uh, that's what I think was the impact that happened. The more conversation happening without... Hesitation.
0: So interesting. You are the ultimate in terms of world work. I guess <laughs> I'm interested, KK, to take it slightly down a different path. Because I know that you've worked and lived all over the world. Yeah. And I'm just wondering how OSC has helped your understanding and ability to work with cultural diversity. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Well, the very first OSC was in UK. London okay the fundamentals but because I wasn't sure with my understanding level so I just parked and then took the rest of the course in Japanese in Japan when I got back answering to your question I'm not quite sure because when I was a- abroad I didn't have the horse lens right right okay it was more like curiosity and I didn't like to Label the culture and the person, mm-hmm. so I kind of ignored <laughs> the culture thing, but it, it worked well because the I see each person is unique person mm-hmm. but I think coming back to Japan, I am more aware of how Japanese culture is because that's when I integrated my Osk learning and come back to Japan was something like make me be aware more okay oh how why are we like this or why am I different or why do they say no to this or why is there so many announcement in public transportation in Japan because they don't <laughs> because they don't want to take be responsible for the risk so they keep saying don't do this don't do this in the announcement (laughs) Uh, which is interesting I was like oh yeah Japanese culture doesn't like to take risk or be responsible for that so they always make sure that they have done what they need to say and so (laughs) this but it's I'm more aware yeah and if I go out and travel like I, I can be more aware and curious of more the culture side but yeah, so so far it just made me more clear what the Japanese culture is and make me feel like how can I hold the RSI mm. with that because we have a tendency of we want to be smooth and calm. What do you mean by smooth? <laughs> we don't like conflict. Okay. We don't, in a way, I was expressed in a stronger way. We don't like to take positions. Okay. Hold a clear position. Uh, We weren't educated that way. It was more like, how can you be nice to each other? Or how can you make things smooth, (laughs) calm, and make things move on without much conflict? But then when in my journey living abroad, you need to show up or you need to speak what you need or claim what you need. That was a great learning for me and felt that's a great leadership. And then I come back to Japan kind of wanting to criticize the Japanese culture. But then I noticed maybe there's a beauty side of that too. And what helps me is being aware of relationship system mm. makes me to speak up when I need for the sake of the system. But And sometimes it is about showing up, but it's not always have to be that way of leadership. It's also holding the in between of each position and making it hold not for to make it smooth but to make sure that everything is heard mm. and it's the right thing for the system to do whatever decision they make so that i felt more uh, the need of orsk in japanese culture and how the learning their rsi is so powerful for us from the culture aspect
0: I love what you're saying and I guess it talks to the fact it's not right or wrong it's just difference yeah. and I, I'm from the UK originally I live in America and quite different cultures even though we share a language it's very different right. um, in the UK we're stuck in that let's just have a cup of tea and it'll be fine <laughs> and sort of smile it off and um yeah. there is more of an abruptness here around certain subjects and so mm. it's sort of working with and as you say like it's not that one's wrong or right it's it's finding the beauty and the usefulness and the power in each of those cultures.
1: Yeah one of the big thing I came to that point was you know last year I think we did the OSC faculty members did the systematic racism call, the topic about the racism. And I wasn't in the call because the time difference, I couldn't join, it was midnight. (laughs) But I listened to the recording and it was very intense. And everyone was vulnerable and brave enough to speak out what they have experienced in their life. And it doesn't have to be in culture or your identity. And I was listening to that with my tears and thought, well, how would I be if I was in that call? Mm. And because I did experience racism, I think, because I've been lots of different culture, but I felt that it's not that big for me, impact for me. But then I realized if I was in the call, I will become observer, which is mm. more listening to everyone's voice and didn't have much to share from my side and I, I always used to think that is meaningless in a way you know you're you're not offering anything to the space and I felt that's very small thing, like I'm a small person. But then I kind of had a dialogue with my colleague in CRL and we, we were discussing, like, you know, maybe for observer is one of the big role as well. Like mm. listening to deep democracy and allowing the space to hear that. And, yeah, that was a big shift for me as a Japanese identity and and Orsk. And observer is another role. And it's just that you don't just listen and fade away, but you act when you need, uh, but holding it safe.
0: Observer is holding the space for for other people. Yeah. I don't know if it's similar, but I volunteered in the Philippines for several months. And I remember we had Filipino volunteers and British volunteers and, and we're having teen meetings the British volunteers would say things like they'd repeat it and like someone else had said something, but it didn't matter. They said their idea again. And I remember sort of sitting back and observing, this is way before any of my horse coaching, but I remember asking um, my Filipino counterpart, I was like, you guys don't, you don't, you don't say as much as us. And she was like, oh no, well, when one person said it, they've said it on behalf of the group. And I was just like, oh, that's just so different from like, how individualistic we are but it makes so much sense like why do yeah. we feel the need to have to voice it in our own in our own voice right it's already been said and it was just so clear to them though so like, no once it's been said it's said for all of us and yeah I don't know if that chimes with what you're saying yeah 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 I think there's lots of things like
1: that in each culture in, it will be so interesting to know more and more of each culture like oh they do that because of that they you know knowing why yeah
0: I just remember sitting back and being like, God, why are we so stupid? It's already been said. <laughs> and there's something like to love and to hate about all of these things in culture. But I just remember thinking, God, that's so wise. Like it's already been sort of said on behalf of the, the collective. Yeah.
1: Last year, I took this course learning about culture intelligence. Okay. So each culture has different data. Uh, we compare with a few measurements and uh, what ha- they rate them with numbers with a research from ibm and but then i noticed the difference but the great thing about orsk is how can we align with that Mm. you know just knowing the difference is okay yes that's important first step yeah tick but it's like how can we work together yeah is the part that conversation we bring or that we reveal or and create from that differences is i love so much about it
0: they say time and time again about how the best team is the one that's the most diverse in strengths and mm. imagine if international companies really play to the strengths of all cultures because I think right now there is a sort of yeah. there's a push towards being an extrovert and speaking mm-hmm. out and and what about the, the power of the ambivert or the introvert mm. the quieter cultures or the listener as you say the power in that too yeah 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 So I'm intrigued. What tools have you found most useful then with regards to sort of the Japanese culture you mentioned, like the smoothness?
1: Every tool is great. Every (laughs) tool. Um,
0: Other than what I've
1: mentioned, those those are really impactful. The DDP, DDP, Deep Democracy Process and work. I did the DTA every time for this team, for the lacrosse team, every time before their practice, okay. I made them discuss about the DTA, what's their intention is today. And when practice gets difficult or really tiring, how do we want to be as a team? So those things were something in structure uh, that it helped them to create their own culture and feel like it's not my team, it's it's the
0: players team. So you really kept them accountable and it was... I guess it was activated every single time you practiced then, that DTA, that agreement.
1: Yeah. And it grew, like it changed.
0: Yeah. This has been wonderful, Keiko. I'm just wondering, a final question. For someone who's new to to ORSC and the idea of world work, bringing ORSC to the world, what would you suggest? What advice would you offer?
1: I have no doubt. Whatever you're, if it aligns with what you really want to do. And I think it there's no doubt that it's, I mean, what's the doubt? (laughs) Uh, I I think everyone has an edge with that and whether it will go well or, you know, what if I mess it up? But um, I think bringing that OSC perspective to the system is already a starting point for that system. And whether you might not do, uh, deeper as you thought, or uh, you know, longer as you thought, but it's already you're putting the seed, so. I have no doubt and
0: I would just there's not much advice just do it, I love it. <laughs> just keep on doing it that's brilliant and I, I love what you just said there about it's just bringing the concept sometimes it's not even about the tools it's just the zooming out in itself can be yeah powerful in itself yeah
1: there's lots of voices that's not being heard and just ventilating those voices is already a big thing and how great is
0: that I feel like I need to speak to a voice that's been on this call you've got this beautiful background Um, I realize our listeners won't be able to see it but you've got these beautiful it's a forest all these trees intertwined yeah and that's been very much speaking to me throughout this thank you yeah I, I hope that whatever
1: you do and whatever leaders do is just this is the concept of thrive so it will help the world thrive in their own unique
0: way I love that. Well, thank you. I'm feeling very much in a thriving space right now, Keiko, after speaking to you. (laughs) Thank you. This is very energizing. Take care. Thank you. A huge thanks to Keiko for sharing with us her fascinating ways of using AUS to coach in sports and manage the under-19s Japanese lacrosse team. For more information about Keiko's work, do check out crrglobaljapan.com. CRR Global holds all students as change agents and trains them to be conscious of what impact they want to make in the world. We believe that everybody's impact, whether conscious or unconscious, sends ripples out into the world. It's up to all of us, as world workers, to keep our communities safe and healthy. The world Web Project is a key element in the All certification journey more information about world work and certification do check out crrglobal.com and do remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode of the relationship matters podcast from the living room to the boardroom we believe relationship matters